So our special guest today is George Adam Check. Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, George, and how you got started in the horror genre. Well, I liked writing when I was a teenager, but um, I brought stuff to school and um, the teacher says it wasn't lined up, formatted right. And I tried writing the way they said, and I tried for months and it didn't work. So I just put it all away and forgot about it. Then um, I found an old, old box and I found my old story from when I was 15. I'm like, this is pretty good. And I published it without like uh, even hardly changing anything. And people seem to really, really like it. So then it just got me started back again. Fantastic. I think it's nice how our authors have written something when they were really younger. Right. Yes, I think so. And I remember typing on my mom's old typewriter. She got mad um, that I was using up all her good typing paper. So she had my dad doing some work. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's lovely how, like... You can adapt it and make it into a story when you're a full-grown adult and actually publish it. I think it's wonderful. I never had that chance because, obviously, everything I wrote when I was younger got lost. So I was amazing. <laughs> yeah, this, all that was left was this one little story, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. So what drew you into the horror genre specifically? Well, I always loved The Twilight Zone and... um creep show and tales from the crypt and um i figured that that's where most of my stories get started from anyways i have really great dreams so um i just wrote about stuff that came came to me while i was dreaming or when i was um daydreaming also of course and um it seemed to just it seemed to just drift towards horror yeah so is horror sort of like your go-to genre yes definitely have you ever tried writing in any other genres? Well, what I tried when I was a kid was um, that Conan the Barbarian stuff. That's what I actually <laughs> like. You know, when you're 15, you like the swords and the sorcery and stuff. And that's actually not that much of a difference. I guess um, uh, Robert E. Howard and H.P. Lovecraft uh, said they shared universes. Yeah, that's right. So how do you, I know you said you get your ideas from dreams, but how do you process that from a dream to a story? Well, yeah, you know, um, it's it's pretty easy. Like uh, once you, once I wake up, I just write down a little, scribble a little bit down and um, and uh, then, uh, then I'm there, then I just outline it. I, I like to go put everything into an outline so I know where the, where the story's going. And then, um, then after that, I can fill in all the blanks. So you're a plotter. Yes, I am. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> I like to plot things. Yes. Fantastic. So, how do you create your characters? Pardon me. How do you create your characters? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, I like to just figure out. I like to do a little bit of like you know justice. Um, I know a lot of people like to see people, everyone die at the end. I don't like that all the time. I, sometimes that's okay, but I like to see like uh, um, the good guy win sometimes, you know? So I try to figure out people that characters that would fit. Of course, then certain other times I just like totally evil characters. It depends on um, how the story starts forming, formulating in my brain, I guess. Yeah. So how do you create the perfect antagonist? Oh, wow. 
Oh man, that's that's another toughie. Uh, a lot of times, I just have them as um, demons that people discover, and I like to pattern them also like Lovecraft or or, or modern stuff that would that would um, uh, you know modern versions of ancient monsters. Put it that way. Yeah. Do you ever base them off people that you know or experiences that you've had? Oh, yeah. I think everybody does. Um, I try to put it. Yeah, definitely. There's certain uh, aspects that I wrote into it that um, when I had my friends read, I'm like, oh, you had that. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's stuff that happened to us. So, yeah, definitely. It's kind of cool, especially if you have something fun or weird or crazy that happened um, when you were younger. Uh, you could add it in, and it it it, it really makes you because you were there at the time, so you could yeah. really really describe it very well. So, in your writing, do you normally explore a particular theme, or do you kind of like put a message into your writing, even though either deliberately or not even knowing about it? I do try to put a message into some of it, and some other times I just let it off off, off, off the handle. Um, but uh, it's kind of cool just to do different things. I think that anybody who writes um, where everyone dies at the end all the time, or where everyone lives at the end all the time, I think that's kind of predictable. Then you know what's going to happen at the end. I like to make the people guess. That's one thing that I always, always, always try to do is I try to make a surprise ending that nobody will guess. That's my favorite thing to do. Does that always work? Not always. Some people guess. <laughs> my brother's good at that, that bastard. <laughs> but, uh, he's, he knows me so well. But uh, no, most of the time it really does. Yeah. Fantastic. So, what's your favorite horror tropes to write about? Like I said, I like to write about ancient demons or or um, haunted things that come to life that uh, out of nowhere. Um, if you ever see the Twilight Zone too, things just happen to people. Ordinary, I, that's what I like is ordinary, everyday people, something really paranormal, supernatural happens to them and how they react to it. Some people react to it like and go right, right at it. And some, of, some people run away, you know, fight or flight. So that's what I try to do. And sometimes the characters fool you. Sometimes you think they're going to do one thing and they do something else, which is really cool because yeah, you have an outline. Yeah. So have you ever... He's going to do something else. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. So have you ever encountered a place or a real-life event that you felt that would have been good for a horror story? Yeah, I'm trying to think of one because I was just I met up with my cousins for the first time in years, and um, they read my books and they thought they were great. So um, we mentioned that one time, this actually happened to us, which I'm trying to figure it out um, how to write it into a story, but um, we were real little, I'd say 10, 11, 12, 9, 8, something like that. We were all walking down the street. It was around Halloween time and somebody in a window upstairs in this spooky house looked like a werewolf. And he's dressed like a werewolf. Uh, like, and what like it freaked us out because really, like I said, we were, you know, we were more like eight, nine, ten years old, and it was back a long time ago, and we freaked out. We ran away. I'm trying to figure out how to write that werewolf guy into a story. It's, it's, I'm glad you reminded me of that because I've, I've been thinking about that for a while. 
So how did he look like a werewolf? Yeah, we I, 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 we asked my cousins, they said they never wanted to go back there. <laughs> they never wanted to walk past that house again. <laughs> so have you encountered moments of self-reflection when creating horror? Oh, well, yeah. You try and think about, like, would I do the right thing? And I try to think I would most of the time. But sometimes, you know, if you're scared, some people just have the, some really, really nice people who may have the best intentions, have the flight reflex, where like, even if someone's in trouble, they run. And it's not their fault, kind of. It's kind of in their, built into their nature. So I think, um, yeah, it's like, I try I try to put, I, what I do try to do is, um, even for, I do all short stories. And a lot of times I think that um, the emotional part of short story writing is kind of put back to the, push back a little bit because people figure, well, I'm not going to develop these characters that much because it's just going to be like 6,000 words or whatever. Yeah. And I think I try to um, put emotions into what I write. And people have said that um, they, uh, people who have read my stuff seem to think that uh, they say, I never get really emotionally involved with characters in short stories, but with yours, I do. So that's a really good compliment, if you ask me. I thought that's I, I, more than one person. I like a lot of people have said that. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is when you can get sort of, when you can sort of relate to a character, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. You feel the bond with him or her. The story feels more real as well. Right. Yes, so, definitely. Yeah, it makes it. Yeah, it makes it feel. I like to make it so, so that anybody who reads it can make um kind of feel like this could have been me or one of these characters sounds like me. I, I yeah. think that's, that's right. So, do you feel any remorse or guilt for the discomfort for your readers? Well, I'm. I'm not a real. Um, uh, I don't really write a lot of gore or anything like that. I, I do get into some of it, but like I try not to feel, um, I don't feel too bad because I, like I said, I try to write more like Twilight Zones than yeah. um, and real, really, really splatter punk. So I don't really feel too bad. I think that most people can handle what I'm writing. Brilliant. So what's been the most difficult scene that you've ever had to write? <laughs> Wow, I'm trying to finish this latest story, and I think it's one of my best ones ever, but it's kind of hard uh, to finish because, I don't know, Character, the, the main character is a um, teenage girl, and the main, um, main antagonist is her father, and it's kind of hard, it's kind of hard to, uh, I'm not a teenage girl, obviously, and it's hard to get the feelings right. I, and I try to get some... Um, my female friends to reread it for me and stuff but like you know it's hard to really grasp and like but see, it seems like uh, women think that i write good for um uh, female characters pretty well so i'm pretty happy but it's really this newest one right right now is probably the toughest ever yeah the, when you're writing about other people's character other people's feelings and you you don't know specifically how that's going to go it, it can be quite hard yeah. So. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, sorry. What was you going to say? No, I'm sure. Like you, as a writer, you feel the same way. That um, kind of like, uh, oh, maybe I shouldn't put that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is difficult when you're writing 
about other characters' feelings. You you sort of like got to put yourself in that character's position and right. kind of imagine how that character's going to be feeling at that particular time, and it can be quite hard. Yeah, do you have problems like writing for a guy or like a teenage guy? I would imagine you sometimes a woman would have a hard time. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, it is. It's very true. If if I've got to do something like that, I will ask my husband, um, how would you feel in this situation? How would this feel? And he'll sort of like explain it to me and then it makes it a little bit easier. But you've got to have somebody that can actually do that with you. Right. Yeah, some people, that's another thing, um, is writing for people who have like um, no empathy or no, like the um, people who have no regard for other people. I don't know how them, how those people feel. So I, and that's kind of hard to write too, because I, I have empathy for other people, you know? <laughs> I just don't care about so, anyone. So, I guess what's the. I don't want to make them one dimensional. You know, no, that, yeah, that's yeah, right. I don't know how to write for them people either. So what's been the hardest book that you've written? Like I said, the newest story is really, really hard on me. And then, oh, well, I'm trying. I, I started this one short story, and it was supposed to be like 4,000, 5,000 words, and it ended up going way, way beyond stretching. Um, now it's all the way up to 25,000 words, and I I found out that I can't do those stories. I, I, uh, <laughs> I had to... Um, have other people read them and sort it out for me because I was just lost. And it's right now I um, I got the twenty five thousand words. I have to let I reread it so many times that I have to let it sit for like four or five months so I can reread it again so I can finally do the final edits. That's what's hard for me is trying to write like anything anything over ten thousand words I start losing track even with the outline. So what happens? Going to onto that, how would you edit that down to make it the word count that you would need it to be? Yeah, that's what's tough. I yeah, I like I I started writing it like a year and a half ago and I re-edited the beginning of it so many times that it's hard to reread. And then the end is not finished good enough. So I have to I have to wait like I'd say like four months or so at least and let so I and forget about what the beginning was, and then start again, and then finish the ending for the final time. You know what I mean? Yeah, go back to it with a fresh pair of eyes. Right, exactly. So have you ever collaborated with other artists? No, I'd love to, but, uh, well, actually, my one um, artist, <laughs> you mentioned artist, my first book, the publisher I didn't even know, got a hold of a the whole of it, and they love the second story so much that, well, he publishes a newspaper here in the United States that's like the old Sunday funnies. I don't know if you had that in England where there's one whole section with just cartoons. He brought that back, and he liked it. He turned my story into a monthly comic strip. And it's really, really cool. I get to work with a guy, um, Mike Gustavich, who... Um, he worked for Marvel. He worked for DC. He created the Justice Machine for DC, and he's drawing my characters now. I used to buy his comic books, and now he's emailing me and talking to me on the phone. It's kind of really, really cool. It sounds amazing, and they turned it into a, to a cartoon. Yes, it's called A Kid in a Comic, and they've um, shown pictures of people reading it in Japan and Italy, so it's all over the world now. And it's um, I've had my first fan letter from Pop the Comic Strip, and uh, um. 
a woman in California says that it's really creeping her out and she can't wait for to, to see how it all turns out. So I, I'm going to have that damn thing framed and put it on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So have you had any memorable pieces from feedback from a reader that's made an impact on you? Yeah. Um, well, I didn't ever, th I thought I'd just write one book and no one would ever read it. And then, uh, I, you know, I'd cross it off the bucket list and uh, then I'd get on with my life and do other stuff. But people start saying, wow, this is great. When's number two coming out? And then number two, and like, uh, oh, this is great. When's number three coming out? Well, anytime anybody says something great about it, um, I writing, it's just, uh, it just makes me want to write more, you know? Um, I can't say one specific uh, person, but anytime anybody makes a review and says how the, I just had one on Halloween that said they absolutely love my book and they couldn't put it down. They read the whole thing in one sitting. So anytime that happens, now see when I'm done with this interview, I'm going to go right back and start writing again. <laughs> 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 that's the thing though isn't it when you get really good reviews like that it keeps you going and it pushes you along yeah it really fires you up i never expected anything like this yeah i, got, um, I have over 100 reviews on amazon and like 90 of them are five stars so i'm like nine out of ten people are really love my stuff that's fantastic it is quite a it is an uplift isn't it when you get something yeah. like that and the first one I ever got was uh, one star, and I didn't like it at all. So it, 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 if I, that's really, man, I was like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to pull it off Amazon. But then the five star reviews got coming, I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe I'll stick with it. Yeah, that's that's the thing, though, isn't it, with reviews? You get the one stars, and you sort it sort of like puts you in a bit of a lull for a bit. Yeah, the same thing. Exactly, exactly. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> but I think what we've got to remember is, as authors, is not everybody's going to like our books. Right, right. So, well, what, what are you been? What are you working on now? I'm working on a um, novella called Toxic Maternal. Um, Sounds cool. It's uh, it's going to be a bit of a splatterpunk, um, and I, I already think I've gone too far on one scene, but. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Maybe gotta tone this down a little bit. <laughs> Some of my relatives are gonna read this and think I'm crazy. <laughs> well, that's good luck with that. I can't wait to read it. Thank you. So what advice would you give to aspiring writers who want to break out into the horror genre? Never think it's too late. I didn't start writing until I was 59, so it's going really great for me. I'm going to all kinds of conventions and having a blast at meetings. I had uh, Emily Swallow from uh, The Mandalorian and from, um, she was a big TV star and um, she came by my booth and bought one of my books. So that's kind of, it's, don't ever think it's too late. Get going, start up. You never know what could happen. That's right. There's a lot of people that have started later on in life. I think it's because life's got in the way. They've always wanted to write, but life's just got in the way for some people. Yeah, like I said, my high school teacher says I couldn't write that way. So I just gave it up. I'm lucky I'd stayed that one story, though, because otherwise I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> like I said,
said, I think it's good that you've been able to publish that. I think it's brilliant. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, now to aspiring writers, try going anywhere you can to sell your books. I go to, I had one of my favorite um, best shows was at a Christmas show. And everyone else was selling like cute little elves and Santa Claus ornaments and stuff. And here I was with horror books and a lot of people just went and ran away. But a lot of, I saw a lot of books at that thing. So try just stick. If, sometimes you're going to feel like, oh, what am I even doing here? But then at the end of the show, you end up selling a lot. So don't give up and go to like little flea markets or whatever you can. Yeah, I've not done any of those yet. Um, I haven't found any over here at the UK at the minute. So um, when I do, I'm going to go to one, I think. Well, yeah, and you have to sell yourself. You actually uh, have to, you know, reach out to people like as they're passing by and just say, hey, hey, and get them, try and get them interested. <laughs> you can't just, there's a lot of people who sit there and don't do anything and like, I don't see them. They don't sell that many books. You have to actually engage with people. So I know it's hard for like a lot of us writers are introverted. I'm a weird one. I'm like introverted extrovert. <laughs> I like, uh, I could talk to anybody, but uh, when I'm home, I just talk to, you know, just a few people, but uh, yeah, try and engage with people as they pass by. Yeah. So are you working on any exciting projects at the moment? <laughs> Well, I'd love to finish this novel, but that's in the future. But yeah, I do have uh, one that's coming out. I got the cover being done. I have the final editing and formatting being done. So this will be Lost Minds, Wandering Soul 7. This will be my seventh book. Yeah. And that that's coming out when? I'm hoping to have it on my birthday, November 30th. Fantastic. I wish you the best of luck with that. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a great time. I mean, uh, you're so interesting. Thanks for all the cool questions. You're very welcome. So where can we find your books, George? Um, right now, I'm only on Amazon. I know a lot of people don't like to buy off them, but it's kind of hard for me. I'm not very tech. Uh, I'm not very good with technical stuff. Eventually, I'd want to get it on. Um, although um, two of them are on Barnes & Noble also. The first one and the fourth one. So I I had nothing to do with that. Barnes & Noble grabbed my books off the internet somehow. So they're available there. Yeah, you can. There, There's, there's a bit of software that you can use. Um, well, websites. Uh, you've got Ingram Spark and Draft to Digital where you can put them in all of the shops. Are those hard to do? I've never, I haven't tried it yet. No, they're they're about as simple as KDP, so they're oh, cool. okay. So have you a look at those. Good information here. Sorry, you're giving me really good information. Thank you. No, that's fine. Ingram Spark, you can put them on there. Um, it's just uploading your book as normal, and it will put it through to other stores, same as uh, Draft to Digital. They're quite good, to be fair, both of them. Yeah, I, I was going to try Ingram Spark and I was going to try um, Apple. I don't know. I don't have an iPad, but I'm, I guess I'll have to get one. Yeah, both of them will put them onto Apple. So oh, they're, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, you have oh. that option as well. I'm putting it on, um, what's the other ones now? The Smashwords, Barnes & Noble. There's quite a few that you can put them onto. Wow. You're a wealth of information. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's been lovely having you on the show, George. I wish you the best of luck with all of your endeavours. You too. 
I can't wait to hear it. And I can't wait to hear the rest of your podcasts. You're very welcome. 